join any kind of competition, something that requires you to be on top, pushes you, motivates you, gives you that uh, that, that feeling of, okay, if I don't want, I can't lose here. I have to win. And I think that's the biggest help, building that self-confidence. So even when you walk in there, you're a little scared. Everyone gets a little nervous for the other person who's about to possibly bash their brains in, who knows. At least you're walking in there with the confidence. You can take it and you can win. Welcome to the show. What's up, everybody? This is Dante with another episode of Ultimates Podcast. And this week's guest is going to be a special one. It's a new guest. You know, usually I have, you know, the rotation of the usual suspects. But this time around, I actually have someone new on and it's going to be an experience just learning, you know, from someone different this time around other than hearing my, my tired old stories. So this week's guest is uh, MMA fighter Bear Fjorda. And he runs the gym out in Cathedral City. And there's a very unique thing about this gym that I think is very special. And I, I wish we saw more of it. It's basically offering training for free. So we're going to go ahead and jump into our conversation with Bear and, you know, get some more details. So, Bear, how's it going? Welcome. Thank you for having me. I feel I feel like mentally great. Physically, I'm just now getting over the flu. So, <laughs> okay, <laughs> little, little little under the weather, but I'm pretty good. Well, good, good, good. I'm glad to hear that. You know, you're recovering, and that's especially this day and age with you know all the heebie-jeebies going on. It's like, is it is it the flu? Is it allergies? Is it the c word? So, um, that is just yeah, I know. Absolutely. Thank, thank. Uh, so. Thankfully, we already know what it is. Everyone in the house got like tested. We know it's not COVID. So Good. we just know it's the flu because everyone else is hating life. <laughs> well, again, I'm glad it, it's, it's just a flu. Flu, you know, easy peasy. Um, so I guess what I want to kind of get into first is the gym. Uh, can you tell me a little bit about, you know, just how that came about for you? Yeah, it's actually uh, there's a whole story to it. You got, <clears throat> excuse me, if there's time, we got time for that. Absolutely, perfect. So when I was five years old, my dad passed away, and that made me a very aggressive, violent person. And I started to act out in school physically. I was getting into fights. I was getting suspended. Uh, a particular event, I was running around the playground pretending to be an airplane, and anyone got too close to my wings, I just clocked them, and then kept running on. So my mom, after I got suspended, decided she's going to put me in martial arts to try and get me somewhere I can uh, get rid of this energy and this aggression positively. And that's how I started in Taekwondo. And I fell in love with it almost immediately. I started actively going as many classes as I could. I began competing at seven, eight years old. Problem is, as I progressed, um, the fact that we grew up in a rougher area meant that when I had friends and training partners and people drop out, they would get involved in drugs, gangs, violence, and some of them had died. And it was my firm belief then and now as an adult that if they'd stayed in martial arts, they would have had the same opportunities I had and stayed away from those types of uh, those types of crowds and activities. So me and my mom got together uh, and created Free MA, a nonprofit mixed martial arts gym where we teach everyone martial arts for absolutely no cost. So it doesn't matter what life throws at you. If you want to come learn to defend yourself, you want a career in this perhaps, or if you just want a place to blow off steam, get fit, uh, we're right there 
in Cathedral City for you at no charge any day of the year. So all of that is like more power to you, my friend. That I'm I'm happy you. that 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 was recognized at a young age because these days and even you know just the last 15, 20 years, you know, kids being a little aggressive. I used to be a preschool teacher, and the issue that I always had with you know having a student that was a little aggressive is you know, the school wants to immediately put them through a program and, 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 you know, almost kind of put a scarlet letter on them. Like, you know, Got keep it. an eye out for this kid versus you know, try to work with them, try to, you know, harness, you know, you know, that aggression, try to figure out what's going on. So, you know, I'm glad that, you know, you all found Taekwondo and, you know, grew with that. So, you know, excellence. So before and after starting the gym, I was working with the Boys and Girls Club. I was working with the local school system because that was something I also was somewhat aware of what happens is kids almost they just more or less push back. They're forgotten about, especially when they get very aggressive, start giving the school a bad look and name. So I wanted to give, even if they couldn't make it to the gym, let's say they were only at the school, I wanted to be able to get to the school for them. If they can only get to the Boys and Girls Club because that's where the bus picked them up from and brought them to, that's where I wanted to be for them. And that's what I made sure I did. Uh, again, another another great point there too is just to follow up to that and just extending off of that. That's it's really good. So when did the actual gym start up for you? When when did you all get that going, or how long has it been running? It's been running now, so we're just past or ending about summer twenty twenty one. So about three years now, we've been running classes there, Excellent. with the exception of there was a stint during the pandemic where we didn't have any classes going on at all. I'm glad that, you know, you're back up and running. So it's really just the ideal behind it. it, it I always talk to my wife about something like this because I'm from Detroit. If you see the shirt, Detroit versus everybody. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not in Detroit now, though. But uh, that was one thing I always look back on with my cousins and, and even myself is, you know, getting in trouble. And like you said, your friends who, you know, left training, you know, they went off and you know, found other nefarious hobbies. So, you know, I'm glad that you're able to stick with it. And I'm glad that you also recognize that, you know what, we need to do something and try to, you know, keep this from happening to others. So already, you know, from my heart, like you're one of my favorite people, just knowing that that's, you know, that, you know, that was the setup for you. So good. That's good. With, you know, the gym being, you know, kind of a primary focus, you're also an MMA fighter. So um, how does your training split kind of work with running the functions of the gym? Thankfully, we have a strong network of instructors that volunteer their time to manage the gym, take care of the classes, make sure the doors are open for people when I can't be. So as an example, my training takes me out of the valley where I currently live Monday through Wednesday and Saturdays. And Wednesdays and Saturdays are days where we would be holding classes. So when I do return Thursday and Friday, I can take care of those ones. And then the weekend is covered by some awesome teachers. And of course, so is Wednesday evening. But it's, okay. it's thanks to these other instructors, I'm able to do what I do now. I'm still able to compete, train, perform, and keep the gym running for everyone. You have a fight upcoming, as a matter of fact. Uh, second, October 2nd, correct? It has actually changed and Ooh. it changed. It, it, um, I first want to throw this out there because I love saying it, but Smiling Sam Alvey is going to be in my corner. If anyone didn't catch Spike against Wellington Thurman, you should check it out. He was robbed, by the way. Yes, but I agree. I, 
I, uh, he's definitely excited about that. However, the second had moved to the 16th with an entirely different label now. Um, mm. The label I was going to fight for, I heard nothing but good stuff about them. I don't know anything about them up till that point. Uh, but we did get a contact from the matchmaker saying, hey, you know, we couldn't get an opponent for you, but there is one guy who's 240 pounds if you want to take the fight. And I was 195. And so we had moved on to the next one on October 16th. With your training, uh, you know, for the fight and everything, I know, again, you're saying you're, you know, getting over the flu. Weight. Uh, yes. Are, are you fighting at a middleweight for this fight? I'll be fighting at middleweight in this one. All right. And, and you feel good just, you know, kind of going into it despite, you know, coming off uh, being sick? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, I, like I said, I'm very mentally ready. I've gone through, it's been an exceptionally long camp. I started this back in June. And so we've been preparing for quite a few months now for this upcoming bout. So I definitely feel uh, very strong. Of course, a little, little ill, but it's not going to stop me from putting in the work. Good. And with your, your fight uh, career thus far, um, the organization that you're going to be fighting under right now for uh, the upcoming fight on the 16th. Yeah. So your previous fights, were they all kind of in one organization or was it kind of just um, you know, like hop here, hop there type deal, you know, grab a fight where you, you know, where you can grab one? In the beginning, like, you know, not to put it out there too much, I did do quite a few burner fights. So I have bounced around through different local labels. I've had a couple of larger ones, like one I fought for recently. I had my worst fight ever. It was with Epic. And worst because I just did an abysmal job. Oddly enough, it's the one you can actually find on YouTube. So that's that's kind of messed up. My uh, little bit behind that, my girlfriend and, and I uh, were expecting a child, and she miscarried the night before. And I spent mm. all night with her up in the hospital. And we got back, and I'm like, well, I don't want to drop out last minute and leave this guy with nobody. So we went ahead and okayed ourselves, stepped in the octagon, and definitely learned that lesson uh, real quick. You know, that's a you know. A thought too is, you know, you saying that it was the worst fight you've had to date. You know, what did you pull from that fight? Like, as far as any experiences or learning, um, just in the cage and just in general. So I learned more of a life lesson, and that is, if your head's not there, of course, don't step into this. This is not an industry where you can play around lightly, and even at the most bottom rank level events, you can get really badly hurt if not taken out permanently due to some mistake or whatever your opponent does to you. So what I learned is if I'm not mentally there, I'm not going to take that fight. And I know it might set back the label, might upset some people, but I have to look out for myself. My body is number one and make sure that I can continue to fight in the coming future versus say, oh, let's do it anyways. And then next day I know I've blown my ACL or I've torn some other ligament that permanently takes me out. As far as fight wise goes, I've learned that I need to build up better second nature tactics a lot of my a lot of my second nature going to that fight was really good defensively so i barely got hurt but i'd need to drill more offense and more wrestling more uh shooting in more counters and so that's what i focused on more tactic wise when it came to dealing with uh high pressure situations was make sure i'm getting in there and not uh doing too little work or not focusing so much defensively, taking risks in a sense. In a sense, I definitely understand. I think we we share that in common. When I'm training, I'm defending a whole lot and not taking any risk myself. And mm-hmm. I tell myself every day that I go into train, train with purpose, and that purpose is to take more risk and and try to be more offensive for myself personally. And then I, I fall into that the autopilot. It's like because I'm good at defending. 
you know, it, it's almost kind of a joke in my gym because I have a stocky neck. So everyone's trying to choke me. So I walk into chokes just for funsies now. Like, and then, uh, you know, and it's like in my head, I know it's like, get out of here and start attacking, you know, go for a triangle. You can get out of this and you can have top position right now, but I'm just sitting there giggling and like, come on, dude, you know, like are we doing this again. So yeah, I, I definitely understand the ideal of, you know, you know, taking those risks and now trying to put yourself in the position to utilize more offense. So uh, that's, that's, you know, a great takeaway from that. No, and it's really smart the way you do too. go in there with the purpose when you train. I think that's great advice for anyone who's either looking to start martial arts or maybe hit a, a, a stint or maybe some kind of slump where they're not seeing a lot of progression in their training. Walk in there knowing what you already want to work on, first of all. Uh, definitely. That's number one. That's the new thing for me for the last two months now is when I go in, I know what we're going to be doing you know, for the lesson for the day, but also make it worth my time, make it worth my training partner's time. You know, that's, we, you know, you can't go in there and be a limp fish. You're, you're not helping anyone. Right. So with you starting with Taekwondo and then kind of, you know, progressing with martial arts in general. So where'd you go from Taekwondo as far as training? Did you just jump straight into MMA or did you say, you know what, let me get some grappling in here now, or just just was like, MMA it is, let's just go. So in the middle of my Taekwondo training, before I transitioned from that gym on, they started integrating jujitsu. So I got a little bit of jujitsu in with my Taekwondo, but the biggest change to my fighting style and my decision to move on to different arts was I met my now best friend who is an ex Muay Thai kickboxing champion. And at the time I had my second degree black belt in Taekwondo, I had a couple of tournaments under my belt and I'm like, I, let's, we can do it. We can spar and have some fun. I can take this guy. And he kicked my ass really bad. Like, it, it was kind of a sad sort of bad. I remember spinning around. I fell down a couple of times. And it gave me a lot of encouragement to think, well, I need to branch out to another martial art. Absolutely. Get more knowledge, get more fighting experience. And uh, so I started learning with him on the side and started taking on uh, Muay Thai training. And then from there is when I moved on to other mixed martial arts gyms. And I've had the pleasure of working with people like Cub Swanson. Uh, if you've heard of the gym Millennium in Riverside, California, they're a really big, good gym. I went with them. And now I found myself in Dan Henderson's Athletic Fitness Center in Temecula. The learned experience coming from Taekwondo and thinking, okay, you know, this guy's doing Muay Thai. You know, I think, I, you know, I think I can hang with him. Uh, that, <laughs> I thought so. I feel like that's always that lesson that I, th I think any of us from one martial art to the other, we always go in like I do jujitsu. Okay. Well, you know what? I can hang with a wrestler. Mm, I can yeah. survive. <laughs> it was a humbling experience to say the least. Cause I was still at that. I mean, I consider I'm kind of young now, but I was really young then. And so I saw a little bit of ego, you know, I'm, I'm, am I allowed to curse on this or no? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I thought I was like hot shit at my gym. And so I go and meet this guy. Ah, I can take it. And I cannot, I cannot take that fire. I had, yeah. had to learn. But sometimes that learned experience is what puts you onto the next path though. So it's good again, that, you know, you went in there and it sounds like, you know, a lot of your experiences, you've taken the knowledge that, you know, that you learned from it and ran with it versus, you know, letting the ego really get at you. And you take that ass whipping and you're like, Ugh, I don't think I want to do this anymore. Let me go 
Uh, how how's chess? Let me go. Let me go play chess. I can do that. <laughs> Try a different a different career in sport. I yeah. what's the point of doing? So if I do something for the first time and I lose and I get upset and I move on, I didn't gain anything from the experience. It's a waste of my time. And I don't have so much time to have. I don't have so much life. And so if I'm going to do something, especially for the first time, I'm going to walk in there and think of it as an experience. Whether I win, lose, or whatnot, I'm going to take something away from that. And if it's a loss, I'm going to take away more than a win. If I beat that person, let's say I beat him that first time I met him, what I've learned is I've just confirmed I'm as good as I was. And I now confirm that I can beat ex Muay Thai champions. That's what I've confirmed. But I haven't learned so much beyond that. At least when I lost, I learned how I lost, what he was doing. It gave me an opportunity to start taking up a different style of striking and, and uh, technique and defense. Whereas if I beat him, he could have ultimately been a horrible Muay Thai fighter. I wouldn't have known. But if I beat him, I would have taken away, oh, great, I'm, I'm even better than I thought and just moved on my life. May not even joined uh, an MMA gym as soon as I did or transitioned to other arts the way I did. And so those losses, whenever they came, have only built me up because I let them. I don't like ego. I don't like being egotistical. I don't like having too much pride. So I much rather learn from the mistakes I make than get upset and move on to something else. That's good. That's a great attitude to have, just period, no matter what age you are. You know, it, it people go out and I've had friends come to the gym because, you know, when you, when you try something new, like when I started jujitsu, I was excited. I was like, yes, this is a new hobby. We all play basketball. We do football. Let's go do a new sport. And I don't know if it was so much ego or if it was just, you know, we're older, too, when we started. I, I think I was 37 when I started jujitsu. So and, you know, most of my friends were all in the same age bracket, uh, you know, 30 three through, you know, 39. So it's like, Hey, come on, let's go do this. So, you know, I, I think the egos got the best of them at that point as well. But, you know, ultimately with the attitude that you have, you're definitely, you know, in a prime position for growth and just everything, you know, the sky's the limit type type deal. So, um, with being, you know, a stand up fighter, um, a striker, your grappling is still kind of in progress, I would say. I'd say that's I, – I think I'm far farther along since joining this gym with Sam, but absolutely. Um, in fact, him being in my corner has only made me feel like my wrestling and grappling has come a lot better and be a lot stronger because that's one of his big things. I think he always pushed. But absolutely, work in progress. I will stand up for days because I feel confident. I know what I can do. I've tested it well against other people. Wrestling grappling? That needs work. Sometimes I think in the beginning of this camp, I felt whether it was true or not, like I was a fish out of water several times. Okay. And now definitely I've come a long ways. That school in to Dan Henderson's athletic fitness center, they definitely are heavily wrestling oriented. Oh, and yeah. so that was a big positive to joining that gym was the fact that I can work on my wrestling grappling skills. And of course, with high level people. I think having grown up watching Dan Henderson fight and, even though you see the the Hendo, you know the H bombs, yeah. um, he he's a wrestler first. And if there's any place to go to hone your wrestling and, and grappling, period, that's an excellent excellent you know affiliation to get tied up with. So, you know, good for you on that one as well. I'm very um, happy about it. So, I you know I have some questions about your social media too because mm -hmm. I, I'm a big social media guy. It's pretty much. All I do most of the day is just I'm looking through, looking for, you know, techniques to share uh, and, and just, you know, 
memes a lot, a lot of memes. <laughs> yeah. um, but following you on social media, I actually first saw you on TikTok. Oddly enough, I just got on TikTok and I was seeing your videos just they uh, pop through. It's actually kind of weird how it all kind of came about. I guess my phone listens. I think all our phones listen. But, you know, when I was contacted, you know, about, you know, getting together with you, I hadn't, you know, yet pulled you up. And then the next day I go on TikTok and I think you're the second or third video just kind of on the swipe down. You know, I'm like, who's this guy? And you're like giving advice on, I think it was fighting it, it was fighting an animal. I believe it was um a bear, maybe or a dog. <laughs> it's probably a hyena. <laughs> yeah, yes. And I was like, "Who is this guy?" But I kept watching. I was like, "Tell me more. Tell me." More. And then ended up going on Instagram. I uh, reposted a video recently, um, and I, I just like the you know the things that you put on there, like you know fighting someone taller than you, fighting someone shorter than you. How do you handle the situation? And you know, with the, you know, the humor that you add to it, but there is still a level of like, no, this is actually, you know, this is right though. But, you know, you, you add a, a good sense of like comedy to it that keeps people in on it. Cause there's so many technique videos that you can watch. And it's like, Oh man. Okay. Whew, could you be any more monotone versus, you know, you throw that comedy in there and it's like, okay, I, I want to watch more. And before you know it, you think you're, you know, you're laughing and, and watching this, but then you're also like, but I'm learning. I want to go back and rewatch that. Okay, that makes sense. So um, with your social media, the first question is um, the time that you put into the video. Like how long does it take you? You know, are they like quick, like you get them out there and just go? Or do you kind of, you, you put a lot of work into like editing? It really depends on the video. I can, I, honestly, I feel lucky when I, let's say I have two hours, what I would say, I designate two hours a day to creating the content. I'll get lucky if I make, if it's TikTok wise videos or short videos, like on YouTube, they have uh, shorts or on uh, Instagram, they have reels. One of those type of videos, I'll be lucky if I get four in those two hours, very lucky. Um, average is about two to three because it's going through first having the idea, I write those up beforehand. And then I go in and I test them, see how they look on camera. And once I see they look good, I'll hit the record button uh, officially for me and try and make the video. And then I'll go through and delete mistakes and retry over and over again. Maybe the lighting one isn't as good as this area as it was in this area. I remember I'd made a video uh, and finished it and I thought it looked good. And I immediately switched camera positions to check out something else. Loved it better and just got rid of the first one I made. So I restarted because I wanted to look as good as possible. I want people to, of course, see the technique understand it, perform it themselves. Uh, and if I can find a better area to do that in or better lighting or better sound quality, if I'm speaking in the video, then that's what I'm going to transition and do. A YouTube video, well, probably that one will take me the entire two hours I'm doing. If I'm making a full length, roughly 12 minutes, that's going to take me the whole time. Absolutely. But it's, it's a fun process. I, I deeply enjoy it. And sometimes I'll spend upwards of three or four hours doing it, just recording at a time, not even the editing or making process of it. That could be a whole day's worth at times. It is my, uh, it is my training in the rec recording and the filmmaking is my full-time job. I think with just the way technologies in, in the world has broken down now, if I were, let's say this was 20 years ago for me mm -hmm. and, and I'm, I'm doing that, my grandparents would look at me like, Jake, we're proud of you. 
<laughs> no matter what you do, but put the camera down <laughs> and, and, and go, go, go do some real work. That, that, that's it's what my family changed. said to me then. But now it's like, you can do that. And, you know, people can look and say like, like, Oh, like that's what you're doing. Yeah. But these days now though, that's what you're doing has an impact and it reaches. So that time that there's, you put in, it counts. There's, there's real, real futures to be made on social media, hundred percent. And, you know, do, having done what I've done now over the pandemic in the last year, I wish I started earlier. I really did. And I'm just happy I got on uh, when I had. I uh, actually, this podcast started during the pandemic. Just, I, I wish I'd been wanting to do it for years. Yeah. But I wish that I just pulled the trigger. It was just, I thought at the time I was too busy. Then when mm. training is taken away, uh, really training was kind of the, before the pandemic, I was training too much and not getting any better. <laughs> it, it is oh. actually after the pandemic is when that, that mindset of make your training count came yeah. through once we got back to the gym, but the podcasts are. So I, I think, yeah, for a lot of us, that's, you know, the things that we're learning now or the things that we're doing now, you know, I think we all wish we would have started maybe a couple years earlier on that. Um, but when you're, you know, coming up with ideals for your videos, is, is it kind of something that's, um, designated or is it like, you know, you're just working out and you think like, Oh, that's a good idea. They just come to you. Uh, sometimes I'll sit down and think it through what I haven't done or what I can improve upon. I've done several like tornado kick videos, how to do that. Then I'll think of a better way to describe it. Someone will give me a different situation that they've experienced with it, how to maybe work for them specifically. A lot of times I'll take on like viewer requests. People have questions. How do I fix my boxing stance? How come when I shoot in for a double leg, I always run my face into their hip. Like it, it, it can be simple stuff. It can be how to hold your hands up properly, how to stand in a fighting stance. Or I'll come up with ideas that are a little more comical, silly, like how to fight hyenas. Uh, I did a what to do if you're attacked by dog videos because I got attacked by two dogs out and about while I was making, while I was running, I was doing a run. So it does just kind of hit me sometimes, but I will absolutely look on and see what people request, either messages on comments and whatnot. I want to try and get the information out that people are asking for. Listening to the people. That's, that's key to the social media world as well. Because otherwise, if you get that ego and you're like, I don't care what they say, people are going to stop listening. So yeah, good. Um, with your training routine, can you kind of give like a, a, a breakdown in, you know, just your average day during your camp? So it can change up depending upon what's happening uh, throughout the day. But for instance, let's take tomorrow, Monday. For tomorrow, Monday, when I go in, I'm going to have a class from roughly 10 o'clock, 10.30 to 12 o'clock. That's oftentimes with the uh, pro athletes or maybe some of the amateur team will show up there too and train at the gym. From there, I'll have a break, come down about from 5.30, let's see, till 7.30, maybe even longer depending if the classes run over. But that would be a Monday, three, uh, three and a half hours plus, plus at times for training. Tuesday oftentimes is the same amount of time, if not more. Wednesday can be as high as four and a half hours. And so would Saturday just at that gym, four and a half hours. When I'm here by myself, I work at physical trainers upwards of two hours plus a day, Thursday and Fridays. And then I get my rest day on Sundays, which oftentimes 
isn't so much a rest day due to still working the social media, still trying to make sure I'm eating right, getting uh, on point for the diet, but it's definitely a less physical day. And then of course there's teaching throughout all those uh, Thursday, Friday, and occasionally the Sundays, but normally that went off. Okay. And I kind of thought about that when, you know, trying to schedule it's like, well, Sundays tend to be, you know, most people's slow day. Mm. And then I'm thinking like, well, if he's prepping for a fight though, this might be that day. He just wants to you know, like, I just want to rest. I don't want to talk to anyone. So I was like kind of crossing my fingers. I was like, would Sunday work? Well, no. okay. This was a great, great day to do this. Absolutely. I also try to keep in mind too, that we're three hours apart in time. So oh, really? my, okay. my initial um, thought was like, cause I'm, you know, I don't in my mind, it's like East coast, you see it on TV, Eastern standard time. So initially I was like, Oh yeah, yeah. We could record at nine o'clock. Hmm. And I was like, no, we can't record at nine o'clock. Cause it's going to be midnight for me, even though I would still be up. Yeah. But I was like, wait a minute, let's, let's just say six o'clock. Cause I, I've said to people before, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll do it at nine o'clock my time. And then they missed the, my time part. So, and the thing is for them, it's nine o'clock. Okay. Yeah. So I was like, when I, when I was saying six o'clock, I was thinking to myself, I was like, I hope that's a good time, you know, cause you know, I don't want to interrupt with, you know, supper or anything. I don't, you know, want to make sure you're getting, you know, your proper rest too. And just, you know, cooling out. So, you know, but it sounds like you have a, you know, good busy schedule. So yeah, these rest days are definitely cherished. Yeah. And just to add to what you were saying on these. So like you're saying how interacting with your base and the people who view you is very important. I find it extremely important to be on here and be timely for these types of podcast, talk shows, radio shows, whatever it might be. And of course your time is very important as well. And so that's why I said, thank you for having me. I genuinely appreciate that. And I want to accommodate the times you're best available. I already wanted to do this. It's just a matter of when does it work for both of us? And this was a great time to do it. Yeah, That's, you know, definitely in my mind was like, I, I always say whatever I can do to accommodate you. Cause for the most part, I'm pretty flexible after 8 PM uh, Eastern because I put my daughter down for bed. And from this point I'm up pretty much prepping for the next episode. I'm, I'm editing. I'm, you know, I'm, so it's really, if you're like, Hey, can we do it at, you know, six o'clock my time? I'm like, yes, we can. So <laughs> I'm extremely flexible with time. So I'm glad this worked out for both of us though. So thank you for, you know, again, being my guest. I'm I'm extremely, you know, happy to have you on. And also, again, like I said, it's, you know, hearing your experiences really, really, you know, has kind of, you know, sparked my brain, but also I think it's important for the listeners as well to hear, you know, different perspective, just as far as how the gym functions for you where we you know where the ideal spawned, how your training regimen works out, how you handle your social media. Also, you know, another question I always wonder um, with, with fighters, grapplers, anything is, you know, goals, short-term, you know, goals kind of, you know, obviously, you know, the goal is always like, well, yeah, obviously I want to win my next fight. Duh. <laughs> um, but even going into that, do you ever go into fights with kind of, like I said, training with purpose, like going into a fight, you know, do you have like an ideal, like, you know, conditionally what they depend on what they do, but do you have an ideal, like, okay, here's my fight plan. This is what I want to really work during the fight. 
Yeah, you, we always try and come up with a plan of action. And you hear fighters talk about it in interviews or post-fight conferences where, oh, I got maybe 60% of my plan off or 70% because they go in there. Flawless would be like Conor McGregor versus Jose Aldo. He practiced that knockout backstage. He went out there 17 seconds in. He got the knockout in the exact way he thought he would because he predicted Aldo would rush him out of aggression from all the harassment they've gone back and forth with over the pre-fight uh, stuff. And that worked out. And there are fights where it doesn't go as planned. Using the same example, he thought he'd go out there and knock out Chad Mendez. It ended up being a, I think it was a three or four round war between those two. Maybe even longer, I don't quite remember. Um, but that wrestling was too much. And so I go in there with the concept of, I want to stand up with this guy. I want to stand up and throw hands, knees, elbows, feet. I want to attack him physically from the feet up. But if he does happen to wrestle, if he does happen to try and go for takedowns, if he does pin me against the cage, I want to be not just adequate, but superb at fighting that off, changing up to maybe I'm taking him down instead, getting uh, getting going on my ground and pound, or simply keeping him up on his feet, creating space, and going back at it with my hands. Okay. I oftentimes, you know, just watching fights, period, always think that, you know, even like I said, when I go into training, I think that, you know, it's like, okay, I want to do this, and then... I oftentimes get sidetracked and just go back to being silly, which is probably why I'm not going to be a fighter because I don't know that I can take it serious enough. It's like, as soon as I get hit in the face, it's like, yo, why you hit me so hard? It's like, that's, you're not <laughs> well, supposed look, to act during the fight. Look at Sean Strickland. He does that all the time. He works, makes it yeah. look great. <laughs> that's true. True. They're, you know, I, I think though there is still a level of like intensity that's there that I don't know that's in my head or I'm like, Oh, he hit me. Hmm. Like, like, were you supposed to do that? This, like, oh, this isn't WWE, is it? Oh, man. All right. I'm out of here. Um, so with that being the case, though, um, you know, on the, you know, the more immediate scale, as far as, you know, goals or plans going into a fight right now, being early on in your career, you know, do you have the mindset of, look, I'm shooting for the stars or is it? You know, right now it's like, okay, let me focus on the gym. Let me focus on, you know, doing the community work and, you know, the fighting, I'm going to work hard towards it. But, you know, if it comes about, it comes about. No, it's absolutely. the So the fighting and me being in the cage is what represents and helps the gym progress. Right now I am the face of the facility. And so if I stop growing, so will it. And it becomes more localized. Whereas my goal for the gym is to create free MMAs all over the country and beyond. I can't do that unless I'm out there being the front man, being the face, competing, winning, and saying, hey, I got them here. It's at free MMA. We're, I'm teaching there. These guys teaching them. These are the people that help me grow and help me make, uh, make me the champion that I am. And so absolutely, stars and further, I want to get to the highest level possible. And... We kind of, you know, touched on COVID a little bit, um, mm -hmm. you know, kind of early on. So with the, you know, with everything being free uh, for the gym, how did that, you know, that shutdown really kind of take hold of everything? Like, what was that effect on everyone? Because I know with our gym, you know, a big thing was, you know, everybody's tuition kept rolling. And, you know, yeah. we're fine with paying it because, you know, no, you know, we didn't want to pull like, no, I don't want to pay. And then the gym falters and then we don't have jujitsu to come back to when this ends. So um, how, how was that for you all um, with the gym being a nonprofit? So thankfully, with the gym being a nonprofit, we didn't have to rely on people's tuition or uh, membership fees to keep it going. We were fortunate in that regard. 
It did, however, stop a lot of the donations, a lot of the corporate sponsorship because everyone's business got hit. And in fact, me and my mom took care of the payment for the gym's uh, electrical and rent throughout the pandemic. And only now as we reopen, start getting those donations and those companies to kind of come back again. But everyone's still getting hit real hard. Everyone's still feeling the effects of what happened. So for a long while there, me and my mom simply took up the obligation of making sure the gym stayed afloat. And we're now getting back to a place where we have a good amount of support from the community. Okay. And for donations, where would we go to uh, do that? So we have a link for the uh, free MMA donations. If you go to my TikTok bio, there's a spot where you can donate there once you click on the link in the bio. Absolutely okay. can donate there on the website or through the free MMA itself. Okay. You know, definitely want to make sure that the listeners and everyone know where to contribute and help out because at the end of the day, I, I think it's important that organizations like yours exist. Um, a lot of places, like you said, you know, your friends, they left martial arts and got in a lot of trouble. A lot of places, you know, you see that and people don't care. People just let it go or people care. And it's like, they don't, know how to help right so you know just i want to say thank you just for that period that you know is something that's important to me knowing that that's out there so thank you for doing that well i appreciate it to me martial arts is a right not a privilege it gave me all the opportunity i had today and i believe everyone deserves that chance yeah i i've been recently saying look i don't think like more so for jujitsu i don't think jujitsu is for everyone but I think everyone should give it a shot yeah. because you never know. Like, I didn't think that I was going to fall in love with jujitsu. I went in there, I got beat up by a 14 year old kid and I sat there and had to rethink life. And I was like, all right, <laughs> let me go back. Um, it, it really, my, you know, it, it was more out of vengeance because I was like, I'm going to get this kid. Oh, I, yeah. I never got him. When he turned 18, like his last day at the gym before he went off to college, we rolled. Mm -hmm. We at least, we sat in a stalemate. I, I, you know, he didn't submit me. I didn't submit him. I didn't get any sweeps, right. but we just sat in 50, 50. But because of that, that first experience for me, you know, it, it kept me going. And, you know, some people, they come in and, you know, it may not be for them, but at least they tried. And I think, you know, even having a free opportunity available like that, where, you know, like you say, you can come in today, train and come back a year later. There's no different. So no different. That's that's an excellent, you know, of, uh, option that you have available for everyone. Now, I wish I lived, you know, out on the West Coast. I'd, I'd make the trip. So well, you're welcome to if you're ever out here. You know, my wife and I have actually discussed. You know, we talk about we don't ever go anywhere. You know, we're mm -hmm. we're here in Maryland, and we just kind of we work. We work a lot, and we're talking about it one day. We're like, look. Maybe we should go travel a little bit, go see people. I've, I've, you know, made quite a few friends through social media that I feel like, you know what, you know, I love to go train with some of these people. So, you know, California is at the top of the list because, you know, it, it's, it's almost like California, I feel like is the jujitsu capital of the U.S. It's like, you know, it's almost like there's a jiu-jitsu or MMA gym on every corner just about. And I was like, dude, you can't throw a rock without hitting one. So it's like, I feel like that's, I, I got to go there first. Yeah, absolutely. 
And, uh, you know, just like you're talking about starting this podcast, you just gotta, you gotta go do it. Yeah, absolutely. If, I mean, like if you don't, you're going to just sit there every day regretting, regretting. So, you know, martial arts and, you know, I have some listeners who don't train and I know who you are. Like, come on, dude, just sign the waiver. Come over to the gym. Like, we're nice. We're not going to hurt you. We take care of everyone. Honestly, Um, just give it a try. Everyone try it out. And then hell, it's a good workout, too. You know, Mm -hmm. if anything, you know, take the workout from it and, and apply that, you know, to to your everyday life. But and then it could turn into something else. You could turn into an MMA fighter. You could turn into a jiu-jitsu world champ. So, yeah, there's always the possibility there when you want to be sure you can take it. So that's another question I'm thinking about with you as well, even though, you know, your grappling is kind of coming about. Do you ever see yourself at some point saying, you know what? I'm liking this grappling. I want to challenge myself at the next level. You think you ever do a jiu-jitsu tournament? Uh, yeah, actually, I have. And in fact, I oh, want to yeah. do well, here's the thing. I am a big believer of experience. Experiences matters most, right? For me, mm-hmm. it's what matters most. And while, yes, direct experience, like you want to be a cage fighter, get in the cage. That matters at the top level. Being under pressure, having the need to win or there's a consequence of loss or, you know, first, second, third place, you need to be first or you are going to get a lesser reward or not at all. Having those kind of experiences make a better competitor. That's why I think wrestlers are so great because at a young age, 14, 13, sometimes when they start high school and start the wrestling team, very beginning, they're taught you have to win. You have to do this or that to get that that gold medal, especially if you get collegiate or higher level going to the Olympics. So for me, I would do it. And on top of the fact that I already love rolling and doing jiu-jitsu and wrestling because it'd be such a great experience to build my self-confidence, my ability, and my need and drive for that number one spot, because that's what's going to help the most, getting into more and more competition. I told people before in a video, just go go to a Yu-Gi-Oh competition. Anything that creates a need for you to be in that number one spot is going to help you out in the end. Yeah, and I agree with that, too. It's like we need to... We need to have, you know, a push. We need to have a reason for it. We need to have something to climb to, you know. There, there's so many things now where, and I, I hate the term uh, participation trophy, but, you know, there's a lot of that now, st- you know, and it's getting worse. Um, like our uh, gym, when they go to tournaments in, in IBJJF, you know, third and fourth place both get a bronze medal. And, you know, with, with our, our kids, you know, if they get the bronze for fourth, you know, the coach is like, nope, nope. We're like, just, no, we're not bringing that home with us. Like, if you get it for third, you know, kudos. But that, that fourth place medal, no, you're not bringing home a placeholder. Like, get out of here. Yeah. So, you know, that, that push to try to be the best has to be there. And, you know, I, I hope that's something that's coming back you know, just period with, 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 you know, the world opening back up to doing things after COVID with sports, with, you know, just anything and everything, hell, even podcasting, you know, you know, my podcast is new and I see each week the numbers are growing. It's like, okay, that's one step closer to number one. I don't know what category I'm in. I, I think I put it in sports, so I don't know, but you know, m- my other podcasts, you know, those guys are in the top 200 on Apple podcast. So it's like, okay, that's one step closer now. Let's go. Yeah. So you know, always want to have something to strive for and climb towards. 
I agree. So um, just uh, one last thing, you know, kind of just to get your opinion on it or get your thoughts. What's something that you would tell a new fighter coming into MMA? That a lot of what you're going to face there, a lot of what you're going to feel is going to be a, you're going to have that nervous energy, but it's going to be a lot of self-confidence. Guys can come in there, totally fool themselves, totally feel good and get destroyed, but they went in there feeling that way because they had that level of confidence. And in my first few fights, I definitely had that nervous energy, had a bit of tunnel vision where I wouldn't necessarily hear people talking or yelling or giving commands to me. My coach could be in front of me during a, during a timeout or during a break, and I would not hear a fraction of what he's telling me. Um, so I would tell anyone going to the first time uh, that same advice I gave earlier. Get into as many different competitions as you can. Perhaps start with some that aren't as risky for your health. Um, if you can do a, I don't know, entirely what the health risks are, but I do understand you're not getting punched in the head or kicked in the head a lot. So maybe do a jujitsu tournament. Maybe go do that card game. Go join a chess club. Go do something that requires you to be on top. And in fact, I was thinking about this, where I picked this advice up and it was from Sam himself. I remember asking him about what was his advice or what he would tell his younger self uh, a different time. And he said, that's what he would do is join any kind of competition, something that requires you to be on top, pushes you, motivates you, gives you that uh, that the feeling of, okay, if I don't want, I can't lose here. I have to win. And I think that's the biggest help building that self-confidence. So even when you walk in there, you're a little scared. Everyone gets a little nervous for the other person who's about to possibly bash their brains in. Who knows? At least you're walking in there with the confidence. You can take it and you can win. Amen to that. All right. Well, Bear, it has been absolutely amazing having you on. Thank you for doing this again. I, I, I can't thank you enough. And, you know, hopefully, I, you know, I'd love to have you on again. This, this was yeah, fun. Love to be on again. Thank good. I, that's always, I'm nervous about that too. It's like, hey, I'd like to have you on again. Me too. And then you never, never hear from me. Like, hey, you want to come on again? Hey, they left me on red. Hmm, that's weird. Um, no, and in fact, I just, uh, in fact, someone, a person I was on recently with, we were discussing one of the most recent UFC events, uh, messaged me again during a live stream. So we're thinking, basically, we're thinking that after the next major UFC event, getting back on and, and uh, breaking that down. Okay. Good, good. Yeah, so I'm always happy to rejoin people's uh, podcast, radio shows whenever they want. I want to do it. Excellent. And I, I love having repeat guests on. It's just, I think it's, it's good for the listeners to have that familiarity. And it's good, you know, just building rapport. Like, I always feel like these first episodes are always kind of that fill out to see, all right, you know, how's the chemistry? Are we, you know, having a good back and forth or is there a lot of tension? So this was fun. You know, definitely, definitely good rapport. So I can't wait to, you know, do this again. Uh, before we get out of here, uh, shout outs, mentions, anything for you? Well, I mean, you guys can always go follow me everywhere at Bear Fjord, any kind of social media. Go follow my gym social media at Free MMA Gyms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. I'm on obscure things like Dub Smash, Libit, Bite, Triller. So anywhere you guys can go find me or find Bear Fjord or Free MMA Gyms, go ahead and do that. Excellent. I'm going to put all the major ones mm. in the store or um, in the notes. I'll even put the, the obscure ones there as well. If I could, uh, you know, yeah. I'm going to look for them all and throw them on there. <laughs> thank um, you. So, you know, again, thank you for doing this and um, all the listeners. Thank you very much for, you know, being here with us. Um, I want to throw a quick shout out to Armbar Attic. Again, go give Allie and Eric a follow. They're a great, great couple of kids. 
you know, trying to build build their uh, empire now. So go give them a follow on Instagram and TikTok. I love their TikTok videos too. They, you know, a couple kids are just being silly and having fun through jujitsu with it. So go give them a follow. Also check out BJJ Mama on Instagram. If you go over to flexpromills.com and use her offer code BJJMama20, you'll save yourself a little bit of money and get some good yummy foods. So go give that a check out. And also last but not least, Big shout out to Nerd Rage Radio, Bobby, Joe, Chris. Those are my buddies. They got me started in the podcasting world years ago. And I always want to mention them and make sure that they understand and know that part of this is all because of them. So thank you, fellas. Make sure you all go check them out. Otherwise, thank you to everyone. I love you all. The show's continuing to grow and it's amazing that it is. So thank you. Um, if you all have any questions, concerns, Reach out to me off the mess podcast on Instagram, bjj.wiki on Instagram. And if you want to be a guest, reach out to me. I'm a nice guy. Um, otherwise, you guys keep listening and I will keep making these shows. Thank you, everybody, and ciao. They now let me see his song.